Well, if you have a Bible with you, go ahead and open it up to John chapter 16. And uh, if you didn't bring one, we'll have scripture on the screen back here behind us. Or uh, grab your smartphone and open up the YouVersion Bible app, and you can follow along there. If you actually just click on the events section and find Ridge Church, all the notes and scripture and everything that we use today uh, will be right there in the YouVersion Bible app. And that's a great way uh, for you to go back and, and look at something, uh, take notes yourself if you want to. Right there. So we are continuing a series that we started a few weeks ago on Easter Sunday called The Hard Sayings of Jesus. And um, if there's one thing that, uh, there's probably actually a lot of things, but one thing in particular that that have just been going on in my head this week is this, is that um, Christianity, the longer that I've followed Jesus, the more that uh, I continue to pursue him, I've figured this out, and maybe you have too, is that Christianity cannot be boiled down into simple bumper sticker theology. You know what I mean? You know what I mean by bumper sticker theology? And maybe if you've got one of these bumper stickers on your car, hey, that's okay. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, like, sometimes we do this, though. Like, we try to boil down what it means to be a follower of Jesus or boil down Christianity into a bumper sticker or a coffee cup, right? Like, we we have things that say things like, you know, honk if you know Jesus loves you, right? Like, things like that. Or, you know, honk if whatever, you know, honk if you read the Bible. I don't know. Honk, you know, honk something, right? So, like, we'll put that on. On there, or you know, like we'll have uh, we'll have the coffee cup that has you know the footprints in the sand, you know, poem on there. You know, there were two footprints, and then there was one. And why was there? Because Jesus was carrying me. That's sweet. All right. So, like, is it true? Possibly. Like, there's some truth to that. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just just saying that you know that it's there. Or you know, the bumper sticker that says, "If the Bible says it, it means I believe it." And that what? Anybody? Settles it. Somebody got it over here, right? So, like. The, the 9 o'clock service, they, they all were like, and that settles it, you know? And it's like, okay, y'all got this, and y'all didn't. All right, so anyway, um, <laughs> we need to talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. But, like, like we'll, we'll, try to, we'll try to put that, like, we'll try to put it into, into a bumper sticker, and it's like, oh, that's, you know, that just sums it up. And I'm, I'm not saying that none of those things are, are true necessarily, but what I am saying is, is that being a follower of Jesus is oftentimes way more complicated than that, isn't it? Like, if, if you've been... Christian for any length of time, you've, you've probably figured that out. And what you've probably also figured out is that sometimes bumper sticker theology or coffee cup theology, you know, those, those things are, um, they sound way better than what it actually, re- reality really is sometimes when it comes to, to following Jesus. Because, um, and maybe you don't know this yet, and if you don't know it, uh, you will at some point. But uh, following Jesus is, it's not always uh, puppy kisses, rainbows, and kitty cuddles, right? Like, it's just, it's not always that, that nice and beautiful and clean. Sometimes it's really hard, and sometimes it's really tough. And in fact, uh, Jesus, Jesus told us about this. So today, uh, in, in John chapter 16, we're going to look at, at two realities that, that are really true at the same time. And if I can be honest with you, uh, this passage of Scripture, these words of Jesus, this hard saying of Jesus, is one that I love, but I also don't like so much. Can I say that? Can I be honest with you and, and say that? There are things in the Bible that I don't like, if I can be real with you. There are things in the Bible that I don't like, and I bet if you're honest, you read things sometimes, and you might read something in the Bible and go, I don't really like that because it hurts. You're stepping on my toes, or if I live that way, then it means it's 
I'm going to have to change like the way that I live my life if I do what Jesus is saying that I should do. And so there are things, if we're honest, there are things in the Bible that I don't like. And so th- these are words that, in, on one hand, I love that Jesus says this. But on the other hand, I don't like so much that he says what he is about to say. So let's take a look at it. John chapter 16 in verse 33. I'm going to read this one verse, these words of Jesus, and then uh, we'll sort of unpack a few other verses as we go along here in just a moment. So Jesus says this, verse 33 of chapter 16. He says, I have said these things to you. Now, what things did he say? Well, you have to understand kind of the context here of what Jesus is talking uh, and what he's talking around. These are in the last moments of Jesus's life on earth. In just a few uh, moments from here, Jesus will go to the cross. He'll be put to death. He'll be beaten, murdered, and dead for a little while. Not long. If you've read the end of the book, you know how it turns out. So, but Jesus, he's speaking to his disciples in this moment. And he's been talking to them for a little bit. In fact, when he says, these things I've said to you, you've got to go all the way back to chapter 14 and 15 and, and then the rest of 16 to see all the things that Jesus said to them. And so when he says, these things I've said to you, and so what things did he say? Well, he said things like this. He says, I'm the vine and, and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He said that to them just a few moments before this. Not only did he say that, but he also said this. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Not only that, but he also said this, and this was a real head-scratcher for the disciples, because he said this a few different times, but he said this, he said, hey, I'm going away, and where I'm going, you can't go. But, good news, I'm going to send a helper. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to, to be with you, and Jesus in you is better than Jesus beside you. And so, he, he said these things to him, but, but when he said that to his disciples, he said, he said, where I'm going, you can't go. The disciples several times, like, and these were his closest friends, his closest followers. Several times they were like, Jesus, wherever you're going, we're going with you. He's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm trying to tell you. You can't go there yet. No, but Jesus, we want it. Wherever you go, we're going with you. And so finally Jesus just told them, I'm going to die. You want to go there? Nope, never mind. I'm out. I'm good. Right? He's like, oh, okay, okay, no, no. You see, they still didn't get it. And so Jesus says, here, he says, all of these things I've said to you, and then this is what he says next, he says, that in me you may have peace. Now, that's, that's difficult, because remember what Jesus just said to him. He, he, he's, he's told him that, that he's leaving, that he's going away, that, that things are going to happen, things are going to get tough, and he says, but despite these things, in me, you're going to have peace. And it, then he goes on. And then he says this. It's like, okay, that sounds good. I want peace. I like peace. We all like peace, right? Who wants peace? We all want peace, right? And the disciples are like, I want some peace. That sounds good. And then he goes, but in this world, you're going to have trouble. Well, Jesus, what about peace? Like you just were talking about peace. We want some of that peace. Let's go back to the peace thing. And he says, you have to understand this too. Here's reality one, that in me, you will have peace. The other reality is that in this world, you will have trouble. Your Bible may say hardships. Your translation may say tribulation. It all means the same thing, trouble, trouble. 
And not like, you know, the sippy cup fell behind the seat, you know, for 10 days with milk in it kind of trouble. Like, that's trouble. I get it, parents. We know, we know what that is like. That's no good. But deeper, darker, soul-crushing trouble is what Jesus is talking about here. He says, in me you will have peace. And in this world, though, you will have trouble. But then he says this. He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, you got good news and you got bad news. Good news. In Jesus you will have peace. Good news. He has overcome the world. But really bad news. In this world, we will have trouble. Now again, this is one of the things that I just don't like that the Bible says because Jesus says, hey, trouble is coming. Now, how many of us know that, that trouble is coming because trouble happened this week, right? I mean, some of us know that, right? We know that. Like, that's not a secret to us. And so when Jesus says, hey, in this world you're going to have trouble, like there are some of you, you're sitting right there right now, and you're going, <laughs> yeah, like I got it. I, I know it. And if it wasn't this past week, maybe it was the week before or the month before. But here's, again, here's the reality uh, of what Jesus is saying here is, is if trouble hasn't happened yet, coming it's coming and that doesn't make any of us feel good right and some of you are thinking well i came to church so i'd feel good about myself welcome to rich church where we make you feel bad about yourself but we tell you about jesus and makes it all better but it, listen this is just what he says this is just the truth and the reality of what jesus says he says in this world we will have trouble and there are no simple answers to that so why, why, is it, why is it good news then? Well, here's the thing. You see, it's good news because when we find ourselves in that place, even before we find ourselves in that place, there is a place of, of refuge, a place of hiding, a place of peace. Jesus says, in me you will have peace. Peace. And, and here's, here's the thing that I, that I love about what he says about that. And we're going to unpack this here in just a second. But he says, in me. In other words, he's saying that, you know what? The only place that you're going to find the peace that you're looking for when the soul-crushing deep moments of the soul hit you is in me. And it's not going to be anywhere else. It's not going to be in anything else. It's going to be in me. And so, I think for a lot of us, though, like when we, when we think about following Jesus, a lot of us, and, and we talk about this a lot here at, at the Ridge, because I, here's the thing that I never want to do with you, is that I never want you to believe a false reality. Like, even if I don't like it, even if you don't like it, I, I want us to, to have a firm understanding and a grip on what true reality of following Jesus looks like, because there is a group, I think, a group of uh, people and uh, even uh, people who who say that they they preach the gospel in the Bible who will say to us things like this that if you follow Jesus if you follow Jesus everything's going to be okay like it's going to be rainbows and lucky charms and all that good stuff like he will bless you if you just do what he says now the Bible does say that the Bible does say that there is a blessing in following Christ and being obedient to him but it does not mean that everything in our life is just going to be okay all the time. There are going to be moments when it's not okay. There are going to be moments when it's really hard. 
And what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is this, just like you see over and over and over again with people who follow Jesus, is that he's saying, I'm not always going to protect you from the storms, but here's what I will do. I will get you through it, and you'll be better because of it. I will get you through it. Um, he says, I have overcome the world. You see, overcoming is not something that we do for Jesus. It's something that is done by Jesus. And so it's not even something that we do ourselves. And so that's why it's so important for us to remember that he says that in me. And so today's hard saying is, is simply this. In me, you may have peace, but in this world, you will have trouble. Take heart, I have overcome the world. And I don't think that he meant that lightly. So two things really quick. Two things really quick that um, can really help us understand this, hopefully, and, and, and not just be, like, good for now, but good for whenever trouble does come. So two things. Um, what, what kind of peace is Jesus talking about, and, and how do we get it? What kind of peace is Jesus talking about, and how do we, how do we get it? So the first thing is this. The, the peace that Jesus is talking about, he's saying it's not the peace of good circumstances. It's not the peace of good circumstances. Now, just before this, in John 14, uh, chapter, verse, verse 27, Jesus actually says this. He, he, he actually kind of says in different words what he said here just a few moments later. But he says it this way in, in chapter 14, verse 27. He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And so he says, the world offers us a, a kind of peace, but it's a counterfeit peace. It's not the same kind of peace that I give to you. You see, so, so often I think that uh, we look at uh, the peace, we look at peace like, kind of like this. A, a lot of times for us, it's, it's circumstantial peace. You know what I mean by that, circumstantial peace? It's like if, you know, the job is good, health is good, kids are good. You know, they're not getting on your nerves kind of thing. You're not locking yourself in, in your bathroom for 45 minutes, you know, just to get away from them kind of days, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, if this is good and that's good, if, if things are good, like, and, and you know this, like, jobs are good. You have good days, but you also have some bad days, don't you? You have some really rough days. You know, sometimes life as a, as a parent, you have some really good days, and then you have some really rough days, relationships, marriage, different things. All of these things, they're all circumstantial. They're all circumstantial. And, and here's the thing. And so if we have these things, if the job is good, the family is good, health is good, this is good, that's good, we have those things like we have like a, like a peace, meaning that, you know what, life is good. Like I don't have anything to worry about right now. But you know, like it only takes a text message, a phone call, a word, and everything gets flipped upside down, doesn't it? And so Jesus says, I'm not talking about that kind of peace. That's circumstantial peace. That's peace that, that is, is here today and it's gone tomorrow. The peace that I give is, is much, much better than that. That's the, the peace of the world. And so the peace that Jesus gives, it, it's different and it's unlike anything that we can achieve for ourselves through our own efforts. And so it's not the peace of good circumstances. And then secondly, it's his peace not ours. It probably won't make sense to the rest of the world. In fact, Paul says it like this about this kind of peace. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, he says, And the peace 
of God, so this peace that Jesus is talking about, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's that phrase again. It says it's the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Have you ever seen someone that has that peace? Have you ever looked at them and you could see like their whole world is falling apart? Everything's just just going crazy in their world and everything is falling apart around them. But yet you look at them and they're just steady, right? They're just calm. They're just cool. And they just, they just got it down, right? And you're just like, man, why are you, like, I'd lose my mind right now. What's going on with you? I'm good. It's good. Why? It's because they have that peace from Jesus, the peace that you can only find in him. Um, since pastoring this church for the last eight years, one of the things that, um, one of the things that I hate about this job, if I can just be honest with you, is that I've done way too many funerals for people in their 20s and 30s. Way too many. In fact, I talked to friends of mine who are the same age, and, you know, church might be the same age and that kind of thing, and, you know, we'll talk about these things every now and then. They're like, I've not done a funeral. I've been here. And it's like, I'll trade you. <laughs> every, time, every time that I do, every time, every time that I do a funeral, I always talk about John 16, 33. Because the reality of trouble in this world is right there in, in the room. And, but then Jesus, then Jesus says, you know what? Even when the world is falling apart around you, when everything else is going crazy, even when things like this is the kind of trouble that Jesus is talking about, this is it right here. He says, even in this, even in the middle of this, he says, in me, be in me. I will give you peace. And it makes the world go, what is going on with them? Like, why are they like that? This is Jesus. This is Jesus. I love um, Psalm chapter 3. It's really one of, my, one of my favorite psalms because of just the context and meaning around it. And it has everything to do with the, the kind of peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that makes people ask what in the world is going on. And so David, uh, if you know anything about, about King David, he, um, uh, he was a guy who uh, just had a lot of people that wanted him dead. I mean, he's the king of a, of a nation, right? And so you, you, you know how that works. Like some people love you, a lot of people hate you, and you know, people just want bad things to happen to you. Well, in David's time, like people really could make bad things happen to you a whole lot easier. And so David knew this and understood this. And there were times when he wasn't a very popular person, but yet he writes this. Listen to what he says. He says, I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. He says, I went to sleep and I woke back up. And the only reason that that happened is because God allowed it to happen. But then this is what he says next. He says, I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Now, let me ask you the question. If you had thousands upon thousands of people who wanted harm done to you, how well would you sleep at night? <laughs> right? And David's like, slept like a baby. It was awesome. Why? Because I have, a, have this peace. I have this peace. And that peace being, number one, that it's not in my control. It's not in my control. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a few moments. 
So where, where do we find this peace then? It's like, oh, that sounds good, that sounds great, but, but where do we find it? Like, how do we, how do we take hold of it? Where do, we, where do we get that peace? And if you've been listening, you, you know where we're going with that as, as if we would go anywhere else. But Jesus says, in me, you will have peace. Not maybe have peace, not might have peace, but in me, you can take hold of peace. And so just before Jesus says this, few moments before this, he, he really lays out how this happens, and it's in John 15, verse 4. He says this, he says, abide in me, and I in you. That word abide, it means to live, or to make a home in, abide. And so think about, think about it in terms like this. He says this, he says, make your home in me, and I will make my home in you. You live in me, and I will live in you. And he says this, he says, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And so think about it in terms like this, just, just visualize exactly what Jesus is saying, because this might help you. He says, for a fruit to be able to be a fruit, and for a fruit to be able to grow, a fruit has to be attached to something that is life-giving, right? And what is life-giving? It's the vine. A fruit has to come from a vine, and it has to have life flowing through it to build up the fruit, to make the fruit a fruit. Otherwise, it's dead. Any fruit that is detached from the vine is dead. And so Jesus says, this is where it comes from. He says, and then he gets very literal. He says, okay, just by the way, in case you miss this, let me explain it to you in plain terms. I am the vine. <laughs> not me, Jesus. He says, I am the vine. So, so if you're not sure what I'm talking about here, I am the vine. He says, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, whoever makes his home in me, whoever lives in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And this is what he says. Listen to this. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, he doesn't mean that, you know what, like just in life in general, you'll never be able to do anything. Because here's the reality, and you know this is true too, is that there are people in this world who are very successful at business and money and things like that, and they are not in Jesus. Like they're not believers and not follower, followers of Christ, and, and they're there, and, and they're doing things, and things are happening. And, and from our perspective, looking at them, we look at their lives a lot of times, and we go, hey, I'd kind of like to have that kind of life. Like, I would love to have this, and I would love to have that, and I'd like to have that kind of lifestyle. And, man, I sure would like to know what it's like to have $50 million, right? Like, I'd like to figure that one out. I mean, that would be kind of fun. And so, like, I would like to do that. And so from our perspective toward them, a lot of times we might look at their lives and we think, you know what, they've got it all. They've got it a little easier, this and that. And the truth of that reality is, is we all know, again, that is circumstantial peace circumstantial peace. It's not going to last. I, I, I see um, all the time about uh, athletes and you know, people in the music industry and, and entrepreneurs and this and that and these different things like how they have, uh, they seem to have all of these things and everything is going for them and they have, you know, 
tons and tons and tons of money, you know. They've, they've got like stacks of cash that they're jumping off diving boards into like Scrooge McDuck, right? Like, I mean, you're just like living it up, right? And we're just like, I'd like to know how that works. Like, oh, that'd be great, you know. And we look at that, but the truth of the reality is a lot of them, a lot of them, I hear them say this all the time. It's like, you know what? I have it all, but I really have nothing. Like, I have it all, but I really have nothing. Why? they don't have the peace that Jesus is talking about. They don't have the peace. They have circumstantial peace, but they don't have the peace that that Jesus is talking about. And so Jesus says, you know what? The reason why that is, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And this this is what I want for all of us, really. For every person in the room, this is what Paul says. And he says, and let the peace of Christ. And what's the, what's the peace of Christ? Which is what we just talked about. Not circumstantial. But peace that says, you know what? I know that Jesus loves me. And I know that he is for me. And I know that nothing can stand against me. Even though everything else around me is falling apart. That kind of peace. And he says, and let this peace, the peace of Christ, rule in your hearts. To which you were called in one body. And then he says, and be thankful. And be thankful. The peace of Christ ruling in our hearts is when we surrender to Jesus. It's when we surrender to Jesus. In fact, I think one of the reasons why we struggle with this so much is because there are so many of us who are control freaks. <laughs> Anybody a control freak in here? Like you just want to admit that, get, off, get, get that off your chest? Okay, a few of us, all right, yeah. Um, amen. Lord bless you. You're good. Uh, <coughs> so like we, we, we probably all have like certain aspects of, of control, like where we want to control things and, and be in control of things and, and, and different things like that. And, but I, I think the reason why we have such a hard time with like really grasping and, and just living in this kind of peace is because that's what we are, is, is, is we're control freaks a little bit. And we want to control things. We want to control things, and so we struggle with this in ways where we where we do things like um, we we want to fix things. We want to fix people, right? Like we think to ourselves, you know what? If I could just fix him, or if I could just fix her, or if I could just fix this circumstance, or I could fix this and fix that. Like we want to control those things, and then when we realize that we can't fix them, and then it just turns our world upside down. And so we don't we don't have that peace that Jesus is talking about. So I've always said this, and it's, it's so true, but it's so hard to do. And maybe this is your step this morning, is that the greatest way, the greatest way to have this kind of peace, and the greatest way for you to be in control if you feel like you need to be in control, is to actually give up control. See, we see that with Jesus on the cross. Jesus on the cross, it, he was... Not in control, but somehow he was still in control. God in the flesh. It's like when the world seemed to be falling apart, when everything seemed to be going crazy and and everything seemed to be coming to an end, the God of the universe, even though it seemed like he was out of control, the God of the universe was in control. And so maybe this morning, maybe, maybe that's your step this morning is to to simply give up control. It's to say, you know what, I can't, 
fix her. I can't fix him. I can't fix this. I can't, I just can't fix any of this. And so it's to give up control. And I, I believe with all of my heart that if we will, if we will do that, if we will take that step of giving up control, I believe we'll start to experience the kind of peace that Jesus is talking about here. A peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that that rules in our hearts. A peace that when everything else around us is falling apart, a peace that says, you know what? I don't know what tomorrow is going to be like, but I know it's going to be okay. It's that kind of peace. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of peace that I want to live my life with. A peace that says, I went to sleep and I woke up because I have a peace. Like I didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to worry about what's happening in the universe and what's happening in the world. Like, just have this peace. I was reading this story the other day about uh, an entrepreneur, and he uh, he he, uh, he owns like I mean just hundreds of businesses and started all these businesses and everything like that. And uh, like he was such a control freak about uh, and, and worried about so much about what was happening like with his businesses that. Uh, he wanted somebody having tabs on his businesses like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so what he ended up doing is he actually ended up hiring a whole bunch of people for every one of his businesses that when he would sleep at night, they would be awake watching like every little stat and every little bit and every little nook and cranny of his business while he slept at night because he was that worried about it. He was that scared about something being off or something not working and, and that kind of thing. That would drive me nuts, right? I don't know about you, like, I don't want, and, and, and it might not be with the business or something like that, it might be with, I mean, just all kinds of things in our life and in our world, but at the end of the day, like, none of us really want to live that way, do we? I don't think so. No, we want to have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And here's the good news. You can have it. You can have it. I can have it. We can live in it. We can live in it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word this morning, God, that reminds us that, that even though in this world we will have trouble, that we can take heart because you have overcome the world. You have overcome the world. We haven't, we won't, but you have. And God, help us give up control to think that we can Lord, and to know that, that only you have and will. So help us trust you. God, help us believe that, that these words are true, that we can have peace, that, that in you, God, if we make our home in you and, and you make yours in us, God, that, that, that if we abide in you, God, God, that we will have this peace that surpasses all understanding, that makes the world scratch their head and try to figure out what it is that that makes us have this peace, and then we can just point to you. We can just point to you. Maybe this morning for you, that's a struggle for you, is, is, is getting to a place to be able to have that peace. And so in these next few moments, as we sing this song together, as we come and take communion, I hope that you'll take a few moments to just uh, continue to pray and, and to, to lay this down at the foot of the cross, because this is where these things belong.
because it's only at the cross, again, where it seemed like everything was out of control, but God was really ultimately in control. It's at the cross that says we can lay down these things at his feet because he cares, because he's paying attention. And so we can lay them there and we can leave them there. And we can walk out of this room today and then get to the middle of the week where things may start to fall apart. And we can say, you know what? I'm just going to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put all my hope and my faith in you. And so for you this morning, maybe that's your next step is to lay that down. Maybe there's something that you're holding on to this morning that, uh, that is allowing you not to take that step of peace. Maybe there's a worry or anxiety that, uh, that, that is just driving you crazy right now. Maybe you need to, to lay that at the foot of the cross this morning to just say, Jesus, this is yours. I'm giving it to you. Maybe you've never prayed that prayer. Maybe that's the prayer that you need to pray this morning. Jesus, as we cry out to you, God, we know that you hear us. God, just do a great work in us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Continue to, to 